we started? Is yeah, this we, it? We, we, this we, is not reasonable yet, ignorance? Not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. We got you. <laughs> <laughs> this is, yes, sir. Now. This is the shit you like. I am King Cooler. This is the ignorant shit you like. I'm Magic Mike. This is the ignorant shit you like. Come on. This is the ignorant shit you like. You know the movie has when a motherfucker got a nine chasing a chicken. Bombs! Reasonable Ignorance, episode 47. 47, baby. I'm just going to come up with no athlete. Just the street. 47th Street. 47th Street? Yeah. Okay. The first popular street on the south side for Chicago. They had the original Regal Theater. That was that was a, that was a Saturday night before Saturday night. That was a 6.30 before 6.30. 47th gotcha. Street. Got to do something different this time. I see could come up with no athlete though. That's the key point. Where there was no key athletes there was room number 47. <laughs> Real niggas were number 47. Couldn't think of no baseball players with the number 47, huh? I checked them out. They wasn't nobody significant. Hey, hey, hey. Yo, I'm so far out of sight. There's gonna be somebody that's gonna be popping in about a month. Cause you know how to find these. That's Ray Schremer. Yeah. The No Flex Zone Boys. That's him? Yeah. Oh, so they, they they never did fall off. No, they never did. Because they did the formation with Be- uh, Beyonce. Then they come back with this one. Now we're going back. But they got a new album coming out. Let's see if you know about this. My guest. If you know why you know your hip hop, your head is bobbing. Okay, okay. Many people tell us our style is terrific. It is quite different. Now let's get specific. <laughs> I focus on the lyric. Mind, body, spirit. Inspires when you hear Mike, it. Mike, so you know this is. They, they didn't really blow like that. They forgot. Hell no. Nah. Fighting off demons. Embracing all the angels. No. Master all the angels. You should do the same too before you're in the self. You don't know what it is? I can't think right now. I'm high. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that declaration. Hand claps on that. That was the Digging in the Crates crew. I never would have guessed that, bro. That was a I was gonna show, say that was AG from showing AG right there. I was about, you know, who I was about to go. I would say, um, freaking, uh, it, it, but they weren't yelling, so I knew it wasn't them Brownsville dudes. Uh, the MOP. Any, yeah, I was like that. I knew it wasn't them because they was this not new? yelling. This new? That's new. They got a new album coming out. Uh, why would I know that? You supposed to be knowing everything. No, not for digging in the crates. You're the you're the person that knows everything that goes no, on. No, I, I fucking don't. You got to keep up on everything. No, I do not, and I don't. Since when? Since I fucking got older, and um, yeah. I mean, I know about shit. I just don't know about the old nigga shit. And with that being said, this is our guest for <laughs> this week's That's episode of Reasonable <laughs> Her name is the one and only Brianna J. Gatlin from Swank PR. Hi, guys. She's a ball of energy. She has, she uh, cusses like a sailor, which I is do. very, My mom very, is going to be, that she west can't side, to That's this. that west side right My there. My mom hates when I curse. What part of the west side? I am from Leamington and West End. Those are my streets. Leamington. So that's Laramie and Madison, so. Oh, God. 
So I'm yeah, Vice I'm Lord part, territory. Oh yeah, all day. You see my you you know my name on social media is Bree Lord. Yeah. Bree Lord. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna have a great episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna tell you, we're just gonna have fun. But, I'm from 79th Street, I'm from the South Side. Ignorant. I'm ignorant, but she, her name is Bree Lord. Listen, all right, we're we gonna, we gonna get into all this shit. But, but we're gonna, we, we gonna represent our businesses today. Yeah, of course. We're gonna represent our, our neighborhoods. Now, Moscato taking over. We're gonna represent. Our uh, reasonable ignorance. Yeah. That's what we're going to represent. Our <laughs> affiliations with certain parts of our neighborhoods. <laughs> yeah, this should be fun. <laughs> and we're going to, we gonna, you know what I'm saying? I, I went, what high school did you go to? I went to Providence St. Mel. And she's a vice lord. I, I cannot <laughs> believe this shit. I'm not a vice lord. I never said I was a vice lord. All lord. people from the West Side are either vice lords or four corner hustlers. But yeah, folks the age, one of the two. Right, yeah. Or CVLs. Or you, got, right. you got the breeds too. Yeah. yeah, I forgot. Yeah, you do got them the, the killers. Them the killers. To play yeah. no games. They the killers. Triple L's. They the as on the south side. Life, us. love, and loyalty. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I like <laughs> it, but I, I, I could I could tell you about all that stuff another time. Yeah, we're here yeah, to we're shine not... the light on you, not the guys who help destroy the community. Not at all. All right. So, uh, but them my cousins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stop us. No. Shout out to all of them. All <laughs> guys, it's really trying to figure the old shit out, the new shit out with that old ass concept. It's not, it's not going nowhere, man. Not at all, man. Because right now we, I'm not gonna say it's a curse over the city, but it's it's bad news every day. And yeah. Saturday on the South Side, a 13 year old young lady was fighting with a 15 year old. Yep, young and got lady. stabbed. And. The 13-year-old was charged this morning, and her mother was charged this evening with first-degree murder because her mother gave her the knife <gasps> to stab this 15-year-old. Are uh, you freaking serious? So it's, it's such a report. It's it's such a and and, and I get what you say now about a dismal report because it does. That is cool. <laughs> it does have a, a bad <laughs> feeling towards you. You know what I mean? You know, oh, yeah. and, and, and you think about. All of the, you think about your nieces, your nephews, your own children, the little arguments they had. You think about the arguments you had when you was 13 and 15. It's yeah. not that serious. And and I see the kids now today because I interact with them right. on a daily basis. And you hear them say things that you be like, where did you get that from? Right. And I had to, I had to really discipline a kid today that was on the team because I'm coming to the gym with the, with the balls down the hallway, the basketballs. Pause. Pause. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> Pause. I hear this kid yelling in the bathroom saying, everybody eat my ass. Pause. And I walked to the bathroom, though. I said, who said that? And it was like, like a big, and I said, Silence. That's, that's not funny. They, they was laughing. Like, that's not funny. I was like, because you might go, you're in eighth grade. You, and then the next step in high school, somebody might go take you up on that alpha. Yeah. And then it's just, he might be strong enough to, to really do that fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Straight tank style, right? Yeah, that's so, fucked up. I mean, like <laughs> that's so fucked up. And he he couldn't they couldn't get it at first, so I, they was laughing and joking. So I was just like everybody get dressed, and I ran their tongues out their head. And they was like, "Why were you?" I was like, "Man, because of the y'all got to take things more serious now, because y'all like less than thirty days away of getting out of grammar school, right? So the next step is high school, right? And if you too goofy for high school, then you wind up messing up in there." 
You go to the alternative school, yep. it's kids in there that's even worse than high school. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because alternative wait, wait, school wait. now is the new shit to do. Nobody no, wants to they, stay at Well, probably... they're all corporate, and I don't even want to talk about that shit tonight because I'm drinking, but it's a whole lot of crazy shit with the whole Chicago public school system now, yeah. and it's so corrupt. It's so bad. Like, alternative schools are owned by corporations. Exactly. They so, know by third grade if you if you, what what your life is going to be like. Now. Yeah. They know by third grade if you cannot pass this, if you cannot read mm-hmm. by third grade, you will be destined for jail or the um, cemetery. Cemetery. That's why I wouldn't put my fucking kids in no goddamn public school system. I ain't go to one. Really? So. You would? Hell no. Nah. You didn't go to one? Nope. Not one. Probably the same male, right? I went, my grandma, my my daycare was private. My grammar school was private. I went to private high school. And I went to a private college. Okay. Wow. We're going to get into it. Um, go ahead, Mike. Probably the same male. Like, uh, in college and all that. What was, what was, uh, the story of probably the same male? What were you doing there? Um, I was going to school. Just being a, a basic teenager, just <laughs> no, was you a regular teenager? No, was you I was definitely the... not a regular kid. Um, right. I was actually, my mouth is so potty now. I used to actually do missionary work in high school. Right. You would never freaking <gasps> guess that. Yeah. The, the effects are right. Yeah. I also studied uh, in Oxford in high school. Wow. So I got a shame. I was overseas during my whole high school. Like, I would literally, I grew up on Laramie and Madison, but... And this, my summers were spent, like, in London to check wow. Europe. Um, I started traveling by myself when I was, like, 12. So you just carried that that that, that Madison shit over to London and all that shit. You really ain't no vice, though. You really a smart young lady who's just accepting the block From once the she West gets side. away. Once she gets away. No, ain't no once <laughs> I get away. Like, I'm just who I am wherever I'm at. Like... No, nah, I mean, I've always, you know, I'm smart, but I, yeah. it's like a smart person that just grew up in a hood-ass area. Yeah. And you just naturally, you know, adapt to certain things yeah. as a kid or whatever. So, um, it was just one of them things, like, I, I just grew up and I was just that kid that just wanted to do different stuff. Honestly, like, I don't even know why, you know what I mean, but... But I was I was the smart kid in my family. I was the kid that did all the cool stuff. Um, but I was a good kid at the same token. You know what I'm saying? I dealt with the same stuff that, you know, growing up in the hood yeah. was about. It's just that my mom just wanted me to, to have just different opportunities. So she, I was the, now, mind you, it was five of us. I was the only girl, kid that went to private school. Wow. My brothers and my sister didn't go to private school. Everybody else went to, um... Everybody else just went to, to public school. Yeah. All of us started out as as going, our, all of our day, like our first, like grammar school and all that stuff, everybody went to private school, but everybody else went to public high school. My younger brothers, all public. Are you the oldest? I'm the oldest girl. I have an older brother. So how many of you, it was five of you in it's total? five of us. You're the oldest girl? Yep. How old is your, how old is your, uh, your brother's? Um, how old are my brothers? I have an older brother that is three years older than me. And then I have my, my young, my two youngest one, he's 22 and the one, uh, that's, he's two years up from him. So 
He's 24. No, no, my brother's 25. My other one brother's 25. So I have three brothers and then my sister. And my sister passed away um, some years ago. But she was my younger sister. My condolences to you. Thank you. Sorry for your loss. So, but um, I just grew up. My I don't know. I don't even know. Like, when I tell people, like, I studied at Oxford, like, I just be like, whatever with it. But people be like, oh, I didn't know that. Well, you know, we, we make the... <laughs> Okay, first rose we didn't, on, we on didn't, show. you know, what it was is this. Brianna is from Swank PR. Now, she is one of the top publicists in the city of Chicago. Um, the go-to person, an industry player, um, v- responsible for a lot of careers that have come through Chicago and still going on right now. Um... You got your start at Leamington and grew up in Leamington and West, West End. End. That's my block. My mom still lives over there. Not too far from Madison and Laramie, where it is motherfucking hood. It's hell. Still to this day in this digital generation. <laughs> um, True. You are a success story. Yeah, I guess so. You're a success story. What made you start... Well, how did you just start in the publishing and, and representing people game and well, connecting the dots? And Yeah, she is a dot connector. What well, I'll that? tell you this. Well, okay, because this all goes back to, like, when I was young, I, I started doing journalism in high school. So I always wanted to be a writer. I always was, I love journalism. I discovered it in high school. Who's one of your I'm, favorites? Um, What, journalism? Yeah, like wait, one of your fir- favorite journalists? Uh, Oprah. Oprah. <laughs> okay. I actually met Oprah. Right. In high school. Really? Yeah. Because Oprah was one of our donors. Big Oprah. Yeah. Yeah. Big Oprah. To I, I, same I, on some on some real shit. Yeah, she loves Providence Saint Mel. Yeah, okay. she was. This was the first year she donated. Yeah. I was a junior. What year was this? Uh, I ninety seven. Okay. And I was in school. I was coming from my publishing class, actually, my yearbook class. And I literally bumped into Oprah, like, on some, like, I didn't even know it was her. She had so much damn makeup on. Yeah. Okay. Have you <laughs> ever seen Oprah, too? If you ever see Oprah without that, that, that makeup on? Um, I, I'm You scared. understand why she wear it? But I, I, I almost, yeah. I she almost didn't like recognize her. the mustache. Oh, you wrong. <laughs> so wrong. I'm sorry, that's your best shit. Mike's you a comedian. crazy as hell. Mike's a, it's a comedian. <laughs> um, but, you, see it, um, you see it without that makeup, you're going to say, Riggs! Oh my God. You, wow. <laughs> Wrinkle ass face, huh? Big lips. <laughs> Continue. But, um, but anyway, I started in high school with journalism, and then um, I got, I was. I was pretty much in the top of my class at St. Mill. Um, and they asked me where I wanted to go for the summer. I got approved to go to this, you know, summer program. And they were like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, well, I'm going to study journalism when I go. So I got to meet Nelson Mandela when I was in Oxford. Man, um, hand claps for that. Yeah, that was an experience. Um, he did a grand opening. He was like the keynote grand open person. They had just opened up the school for Islamic studies at Oxford. And um, I got a. Ch- they they had to pick two students to go out of the journalism class to co cover it, and I was one of them. Uh, 
And just I just learned a lot, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you literally growing up in the hood like that, and then, like, that whole summer, like, I had probably the best room on campus, too. Like, I had a bay window, and every freaking day I woke up, it was a rose garden outside. And then I come back home. Yeah. To the Chicago. Wow. Just some of the yelling, loose squares. Right, right, <laughs> right. See, you know, green, green. And then green. after that, I mean, I did, I did, um, I went to London even after, uh, before that, I had been to London as well because I went with my church to do missionary work. So I got a chance to go to like Leicester Square and I seen a lot, got a chance to be on the train. They call it the underground. Yeah. Um, did and you develop? Then, did you develop a, a London accent? A English oh yeah, accent? when I came back home, talk to it. Let's see. Let, let's hear. It. Come on. I freaking okay. Before I you were gonna this, see the real lords over there, huh? Man, I annoyed. The when lords. I came home, I was annoying the crap out of my brother. <laughs> Let me hear. Because I was on. over there. Okay. Good day, Lord. What What do you want me to talk about? Oh, <laughs> keep going. What do you want me to say, Bula? Did you have fish and chips? Of course I did. Did you say the word bloody? No, I, I really don't use that that form of language because I I just I don't know I I wow. I'm not from from there. Did God. you happen to smoke a fag over there? What what what? Excuse a fag me? is a cigarette over there. Did you know that? No, no I didn't. No. Yeah, a fag is a cigarette over there. Oh. Bombs! We just yeah. learned something yeah. today. Yeah. Did yeah. not know that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, he was a young I, girl. I, I I I was seventeen, bro. You didn't eat um, no fish and chips at all. Sure, of course. Wow did you did you did you ever bother one of those people at the um, oh yeah the security oh, guards did they ever yeah. move at all nope they don't move they don't at all at all because they ain't never, never seen me because <laughs> they never seen me <laughs> I would have a you didn't ball of it. you didn't you didn't do nothing to provoke him for oh, moving whatsoever I mean of course I did everybody you gotta when you go over there you gotta do that like you have to so you can try. But Journal- anyway, journalism. Yeah. Went over there. Um, when I By the time I, I was a senior, I pretty much knew what I wanted to do. I was actually going to go to college over there. Um, but I decided to actually stay and go to school in the city. Where'd you go? Columbia. Okay. Uh, got my degree in magazine journalism. Wow. Um, interned at Vibe for that summer. So I met Kanye, so I met Kanye like around that time, like, Everybody was coming up at that time. Like I started by, by my senior year, I was uh, the, uh, the editorial assistant at Indigo. I was promoting for a uh, uh, hustle period, right? And I was uh, a journalist, and I was doing just I was just doing all type of shit. Oh, and I was the president of Kuma at Columbia. Okay. So I I was putting on comp, music uh, music conferences and business conferences and. Like I just learned a lot. Like when I went to Vibe, I I learned how to write sponsorship proposals. My literally my boss gave me my own project and I had to do it. And um like I've I met everybody when I was at Vibe. Let's go back for a second. Two parent household? Yeah. Who gave you culture? To be honest. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing. That's no, cool. No, this, I Bro, mean, this cool. a podcast. This ain't, uh, oh. ain't nothing perfect about There's this. No nah, structure. There's nah, no shit. structure here. Listen, I'm laughing because when you grow up in a house with five kids, yeah. ain't no damn coaching. Like, your parents worried about, you know, like, it's five, it's five kids in the house. That's a lot of kids. It is, but not too many 
are focused on a specific subject that they want that they have interest in. My yeah. mom, to be honest with you, my mama never helped me with my homework ever in my life. Okay. So I wasn't that kid. I was the kid, like, my mother never even asked because my shit was done all the time. I knew what the fuck I was talking about. Like, I was just one of them kids, like, she she didn't never, like, have, she, by the, it got, put it like this, by the time it was too hard for me to answer some shit, my mama couldn't answer no damn calculus. Okay. I was taking AP Calc. She, she couldn't help me. But she was still counting 10 oranges, huh? It was 9, 10. But it's one of them. It was just one of them things like. Fucking these oranges. My parents. <laughs> my parents, like, it was just they were working parents. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. My mom was a husband. Like, she, she did insurance and she did. She used to be a nurse and, you know, she did a lot of shit. She went to school. My dad, my dad, my mom got remarried. So there was a man in the house. It, was just, it wasn't my dad, but my dad lived around the corner. So, I, you know, it was one of them things where, like, if I, if I keeping ever, tabs on Essie, huh? Man, I could just go around the corner to my dick. Not yet, how, how, how did you steal that old nigga? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> how, <you mentioned>. <laughs> how did you? How was you able to deal with that dynamic at all? Um, you know, I never liked my step. You know, kids don't never like their step parents ever. Like, not till they get older. You know what I'm saying? It was one of wow. it was an adjustment. That, that's just, the truth. That's the you truth. You know what I'm saying? Like it ain't nothing like your parents being together. Did you do some dirty shit to him? Like, um, nah, I just didn't like him. You give know all the socks. Did he know that you shit. didn't like him? Hell yeah, I was that kid. I was yeah. I tell him motherfucker, I ain't like shit. Like if I ain't like it, I was yeah. that kid. I was very like I knew what I wanted at a young age, and I didn't realize that that was. I thought that was normal. Yeah, and he'd be at the bar drinking with his boy like that that that, that, that oldest girl. I'm gonna fuck her up, watch. Yeah, but, but, give me another beer. But was yeah. he? Very, I'm but was he support, he's a, Was he supportive of you? Oh, definitely. My all three of my parents were. Like, okay. you know what I mean? Like, even my, though you gave him. Hell yeah, he yeah, was yeah. I got. I mean, my parents. You know, they like for some reason. I guess they was like, okay, you're you're the smart kid, so we, we'll invest in you going into a, a private school. You know what I'm saying? But when my mom was smart at my my grandfather, my dad's father left her left us money when we were kids, me and my brother. So my mom took the money, put it in a mutual fund and flipped it. I went to school with my money. That's very rare. Yeah. Mike, that is that is very rare that a parent would set their children up like that in our community. So it takes discipline to do that. So yeah. that's where that discipline is instilling her from. Right then and there. So no every, wonder why I got every mother, beat up on, on, on the way down the steps by yeah, her and everything. Yeah, every mother knows what their child is going to be by the time. Like you said, the third grade thing. Yeah. Like yeah. really, by the time they in second grade in Sunday school, he back there shooting dice. Be like, I'm gonna start saving him some bond money because he just he ain't gonna be shit. He gonna be just, just, I knew that's what he's about to Just like Uncle James, he's gonna go to jail. So, yeah, and it's then, true. You know, like they know and, and my mom be fast. And, like she, she nah. ain't no praise dancer. That bitch is up there twerking. So yeah, we gotta, we like gotta, straight up, my sister. Gonna, we gotta my, put on my the pills sister today. wasn't like me. Yeah. my sister wasn't like me. My sister, like I would like come home from out the country. My sister start having sex before me, and my sister was four years younger than me. Yeah, okay. So I was a, I was just the kid that was like I was still from the hood. 
I was just the smart kid that had to leave. Like, sometimes I'd be like, why the fuck I got to leave? I yeah. want to stay home for the summer. But then I'd get out there and be like, shit. Then uh, you get back from London, that nosy-ass girl be like, well, you and that motherfucking accent. Like, yeah. you was gone. They yep. was running your sister, bitch. Listen. No, nah, my sister, <laughs> I came back, my sister was beating ass. I was like, yeah. Yeah, well, damn. She was fucking. Beating, fucking them up. So the we bully. was good. Yeah, my sister, my sister was bigger than me, taller than me. But I was a smart person. How did you deal with how did you deal with the uh um the environment or the, the culture shock of being from Chicago being in in, in London? Um <laughs> I man. know we, we we're a little scrambling around, but the yeah, thing about it nah, is it's, it's, I, I, it's I have cool. to ask this because, you know, not It too- made me realize the world was bigger than where I was from. And that okay. was bigger than my block. That's, that's Had you ever been South Side at all before? Day. Yeah, my grandma was from the South. Like, okay. I, I used to, my, my mama would make me go to the South Side. I'd be like, um. What part? My grandmother still, 88th and Harper. 88th Right around the corner from 87th and Stony Island. Yeah, right there by Kim. And my motherfucking So girl. she was over in, in, in Peel Hill, that's right. No, Peel, Hill. Peel Hill is across Stony. Yeah. That's Peel Hill. Across Stony. That's Mary Nook. Yeah, that's Mary Nick. I don't freaking know what the yeah, fuck it's Mary, is. What? Mary she's Nook. right behind Kenwood Liquors. Yep, and, we and, right and through the alley. Right, 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 like right, literally, right. my grandmother's Peel Hill. my okay. grandmother's uh, her like the garage, her alley was Ken was like Kenwood was right there. Yeah. This your mother's mother? My, yeah, this is my grandmother. My grandmother's still so alive. basically she 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 come from a family where. <laughs> Reasonable English podcast, uh, listeners. That kind of that neighborhood is where black people are doctors, lawyers. Um, really? Yeah, that's why they call it Peel Hill across Stony Island, a, a little one block east over there on well, the other yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. call it Peel Hill because that's where all the doctors stayed at. That's whole, actually that, the area where Common comes from. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah. That whole area, like, okay, where Mary Nook or, or, or further, you know, where you at 88th and Harper, where your grandmother's at, uh-huh. those are, uh, are what you'd say, uh, uh, astute black neighborhood. Oh. Where, you know, black professionals live Well, in. my grandma One was like on above the middle class. Yeah. yeah. Middle my, class my, blacks. But, there we go. Yeah, yeah. There but I go. grew up over there. Like, when I was on the south side, that's where I was at. Okay. okay. Like, I would, and my grandmother would be like playing in the backyard. And you know, we, we from out west. We country as hell. We want to go to the front. Right, yeah. right. Because <laughs> we sit all the west side people, you we sit that. on the porch. You yeah. heard that, everybody. Yeah. All my west siders that listen, everybody. Well, they you sit don't on the porch understand. in Inglewood. They sit on the porch in Inglewood because that's 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 the shit over there. Like that's the thing to do to sit on the porch in Inglewood in the summertime. <laughs> even because as kids, because everything is in the front. In, in the front. The but I grew up in Chatham. We grew up in Chatham, and you did not run on a neighbor's glass because the grass was so manicured over there. That was the thing. It, but niggas was getting shot like a mother. Not in Chatham. <laughs> not in Chatham. Not, 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 not in Chatham. then? No, 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 no. Now, since they tore down okay. the buildings, thanks okay. to Mayor Daly tearing down the buildings. Yeah. Now we have they niggas changing motors and shit on the front yard and <laughs> yeah. barbecuing it's on the, the front. It's the truth. And seven fucking cars from the from the fucking auction in the back he's trying to get oh, wow. ready. Oh, you know what I'm saying? We, never, just, we, we, didn't have, as, as, we both grew up in Chatham. Mm-hmm. He's from uh, 79th Street. I'm from. Uh, I grew up on uh, 83rd King Drive and 80th and Vernon. So okay. we, we we're in a familiar area. Oh yeah, y'all east. 79th in Indiana. That's not even east. Vernon is not east. east? 
Not, not, not east, it's your grandmother. It's like one block east of King Drive. Oh. So King Drive is four blocks east of the damn Rhine. Yeah, it's too so much to think about. We grew up, we grew up in that area <laughs> where, you know, everybody played in the house. Yeah. Uh, or they played in the backyard. It yeah. wasn't violence like that. My my grandmother always made us play in the back. Yeah, you don't always. play in the front at all. But I, I did grow up over there. And actually, uh, my grandfather, y'all not finna believe this. Don't even get mad. Don't hate y'all. Do not I'm, hate. I'm not. My grandfather is the one who made the Harold's Chicken sign. For real? Yes, he created the logo. Wow. What the fuck up? Bombs! Straight Bombs! Up. Yep. Do you know how much Harold's it means to the black community? You should I know. know this. But one of y'all should put a nine in that so, fucking Harold's chicken. Take that hatchet out right now and put a nine in his hand so he can chase the chicken down. Because the chicken got no, a gun. No. <laughs> he got he, he created the axe. My, my grandfather created like the logo. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh shit. My grandfather used to do all the floats and shit for Harold's, everything. Like, so I'm crafty like that too. But my, So you're artistic then? Yeah. Wow. Artsy. Yeah. I'm learning things. And I'm here. fucking single. Ain't that ain't that some shit? You're too busy. You got too many. I am. I mean, you too busy, and you bring too much to the table. I'm not gonna fuck this bitch. Make a fool out of me on Twitter. Boss, <laughs> you hilarious. Tell me all the shit I ain't doing. Look, well, it's shit to do. So especially when you get some bitch working at a laundromat. This just be like the laundromat. Yeah, you know, niggas go for the easy kill. They don't want to oh. work for shit. Niggas don't want to work for pussy. Yeah, it's probably. Yeah, they don't want to work for that. You say the over. word pussy, man. Go ahead. You can say it. Shit. They don't want to work for pussy. There you go, man. So, but but I, you I, you've been over to Oxford, so. the school. Oxford I'm from University. Madison and Laramie too. No, you from Madison and Laramie, but but you could go all the way there on his ass. Yeah, I could, but and, I I don't. Sometimes I don't bring that shit up. And he ain't gonna say shit, but on full. Nah, I don't fuck with <laughs> niggas like that. On four, I ain't going for this I'm bullshit. Say, and I'm going to say on motherfucking bicycle, what you going to get anyway. <laughs> Bombs! So how did you start? You can get your... Uh, wait, wait, let's, let's go to Columbia. Oh, shit. You was doing Columbia, you did. That's a long-ass bomb. <laughs> how many years were you at Columbia? Four, nigga. That's the time you supposed to be there. All that, all that Oxford, <laughs> you heard the way she said four? What years? Four. What years were you there? <laughs> um, I went to Oxford. I mean, shit. See, you got me confused and shit. Columbia. Um, I went to Columbia. I graduated in 98 from St. Mills. So I went from 98 to 2002. Right. 98 to 2002. Yeah, the good years. Really? It was still a lot of black people there. Yeah. Ain't people no many black ciphering people? in front of Ain't the no school. black people there right now? I, it was a lot more. Wow. That's where I met everybody. I met everybody. Kanye. Timbuktu, Outkast. I mean, I could go on and on. What's they would cool? come. They would come down there and get a little concerts, right? They would come to Columbia. Like if, they, like if there were kids that didn't go to Columbia, that would be at Columbia. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So uh -huh. like, there was always kids coming to cipher in front of the school because there would be ciphers outside of the school. Right. Like I, I didn't listen. Believe it or not, I didn't listen to hip hop till I was in high school. Right. Really? Well, mm. I. Let me take that back. I listened to it up until eighth grade. Then I started doing all this Christian shit, hmm. and and I kind of stopped listening to. Can't me. stop praising his name. No, 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 no. I ain't listen. I listened to Christian rap. I was a little, little. I was like, okay, I gotta. I what can't. Christian rappers were you listening Man, to? Man, I don't remember. Okay, I done smoked right. the weed out. That's that shit is gone. I can't MC Crosshair. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Dang, you Jesus you the MC. <laughs> you know what? I can't even remember it, that, but it was some dope Christian rappers, like so, straight up. It wasn't no. It was some people that was that was doing that thing, but it wasn't gonna get nowhere because it was Christian rap. Yeah. Um, but needless to say, um, I started back when I got back to Columbia. When I got to Columbia, I really started digging into like, like you know, I remembered everything by the time I got back there. But I mean, it was great, like discovering new music and excuse me, just being able to just see all the different talent that was coming out. Like it was kids going to school for what they really were passionate about, like. Like, a lot of these young people don't realize, like, when you go to school for that shit, that shit is it's real. Yeah. When you professionally learn how to engineer and you learn how to really learn a trade that you can really enjoy, like, you don't have to work a nine-to-five to do exactly. certain things. And it's it was just great to be in that creative environment. And, and I literally chose to go to Columbia. Every school I applied for, I got in. The only school that... I didn't, that I was so, I applied to Northwestern. I didn't get in Northwestern. That's the only school I didn't go to. Because if I'd have got in Northwestern, I would have went to Northwestern. Your ass would have been uh, at uh, uh, New York Times or Washington Post. I mean, Post I, but, but the thing is, I still could do that shit. You know what I'm saying? Chicago That's how I Sun feel. Times or Tribune. I mean, I could have did that. That ain't, I could do that now. Really? If I wanted to. Okay. Okay. So but, tell me this. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But I'm I'm saying that to say like Columbia was a very good creative environment at that time. Like honestly, there was no better creative school at that moment. Now you got all these different programs popping up and but Columbia really teaches you the business. Why'd you want to stay in Chicago? I didn't. It was about it wasn't about Chicago. What was it? It was about what I what school was best for what I wanted to do at the end of the day. And Columbia was and it. Columbia was that choice, and it was the magazine journalism program. Okay, and that was what it got down to. I was gonna go to, um, it was between Northwestern, Columbia, and New York. I didn't even apply to Columbia, New York. I was like, the application too long. I ain't doing it. Like I was on some, fuck it. Okay, <laughs> Just right. like okay. I don't feel they. It was too much, so I didn't apply. I. I didn't apply to no schools in New York, even though I went. I had went to New York and I was thinking about going to school there. I went. I looked at each program, and and I was just like, dang, I can stay home, save my parents' money, and this is I I had this is what happened. I did a summer program at Columbia, and that's what made me make my decision. Wow! Hand claps. You know, and ironically, my friend. I had a friend do the same program with me and went to Columbia that I met at Oxford. So I had a friend that I met at Oxford. Okay. That went that ended up doing the summer program with me. Uh-huh. When I came when we came back after we graduated from college and went to Columbia as well. Wow. You ever heard of the term uh, a thinker or a doer? I see you like you like both of them. You like you like you could think it out because I see what you said. You want you didn't want to you wanted your mom and parent, your parents to save money. Yeah. And you you get them to save money. You go to school, and everybody's sort of speak winning. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I mean I I got a lot of opportunity to do so much. You know, as a kid, as a young person, like before I got to college. Right. It was one of them things. Like I just I was like, you know what. 
I'm paying, and I was paying my own tuition and my own money. So it was like, wow. If I, well, because my mother flipped the money. Right. Okay. My, my, she put it in a mutual fund because my mother used to work in investment. So I literally paid for my own college. Shout my, out to mom parent, for being smart. And the only time they had to come out of money is literally like my senior year of college. That's the only time they had to spend any money. Let's talk about your, your, your internship at Vibe. Okay. What was that like once you got there? Like, once you got there, you was like, this is Vibe. Um, this, was when, this was when print magazine was popping. Man. Man. And I if got anybody came in a barbershop. Vibe was the shit. Y'all know how much Vibe was the shit. The magazines that you seen in there was 100% Michael Walton. The, the the double XL, the source, the uh, even they they had the little booty magazines at one time. Oh remember, yeah, remember? King. Shout out to Styles. Yeah, yeah. Bobby King. Shot, remember Blaze? Magazines. Remember Blaze? Blaze, Blaze, Blaze for a minute. But I used to just really read all that shit and then turn other people on to them like, man, check this out. Why are you over there waiting? Check this out. Yeah, yeah. Too much. yeah. I mean, I I pretty much started. I was working in the sponsorship department at my, at my uh, Bob. What year and was this? This was my last, my uh, my going into my senior year at Columbia. Okay. So what's 97? that? The summer of, yeah, ninety seven. Okay. So this damn that shit sounds so long ago. Right. right. <laughs> the summer of ninety seven. Yeah. So that was the summer of me going into my senior year at college. So, I mean, I interned there, and that same. I matter of fact, I met. John, that's when I knew John Monopoly because I was promoting with Hustle. Okay. And um, John moved to Vibe, moved to New York around the same time to around the same time to work for Violator, and I was work interning at Vibe. So I seen John while I was in New York the whole summer. Okay. Um, but I ran into Kanye on my own. But interning at Vibe was like. You sitting next to, like, for instance, like, you, the, the president of Vibe was from Chicago at the time, Kennard Gibbs. Okay. And so once I found that out, like, I'm an intern. I took a meeting with this nigga. Like, I straight went and scheduled a meeting to meet with Kennard Gibbs. Now, when you say intern, were you paid or were you not Hell paid? Hell no, I was not paid. Okay. So I was out in in New York. How does that living, how does the living? I was living with my auntie. My auntie's okay. from Jersey. My okay. family's from out there. So I would take the train from Jersey to New York every day. And go and turn it back for free. Wow. So you, how was that mean that you scheduled? That mean, I mean, shit. He's, me and him, I have a good relationship with Kennard. Kennard, after that, left, once he left Vibe, he went to, uh, he started, he was the president of John, uh, Johnson Publishing for a while. And I think he's the president of Soul Train right now. And he's back in Chicago. Um, But... I just was one of the the people, the very few interns at Vibe that actually lasted because my boss was a B.I. Why? Why was I what? Why what? Why did you last? Um, normal, the normal I sh- had no choice, to be honest. I was I had just flew out there to work. Like, your Chicago ego didn't take over? You know how, you, you know how Chicago, I mean, Chicago who, was going ego? I was a, a fucking senior in college. What ego? Yeah. Talk to me. <laughs> Talk to him. What's the ego? I'm a senior in college trying college to... College or high school? You said, well, college. 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 This is college. Mm-hmm. Like, you a senior in high school, you done flew out here. Really, what choice do you have if that's what you came out here to, you know, to do? Okay. Like, 
that's what that's what I'm out there for. So you know, it, you know it had we nothing are, we... to do with my ego. My my boss, she was a bitch, but she wasn't like no total bitch. She just wanted you to work hard, <laughs> like. You know what I'm saying? She Notice how the word you, the emphasis you put on the word bitch. Because <laughs> so it's, it's one of them things like. Bitch. <laughs> the word bitch is so sexy to me. She took it to another level. That must say, be it, like Kip say it again, uh, uh, Bree. Say it. <laughs> bitch. Bitch. She's a total bitch. No, you got to say it. Say it. You got to say it. She now. wasn't a total bitch. <laughs> but she was a bitch. <laughs> she was a bitch. Exactly. <laughs> Part of that same but summer, you know he, what? He People called, probably say that like about that. me right now. Yeah. Okay. Which I don't give a fuck. But at the end of the day, like, I learned so fucking much being there. And she taught me how to hustle. I'm on the train with magazines, y'all, going to wreck apart. The fuck? Yeah. This bitch wouldn't even give me no ride. <laughs> Right. <laughs> How many magazines was you carrying? Oh, I had at least three or four boxes of magazines sometimes at a time. That you had to go pass out? Yep. Called paying your dues. And I paid them. And I was cool with that because after that, she would, when she came to Chicago and she would do all these event activations with Tanga Ray, I would get a check because I help her. She wasn't that much of a total bitch. No, she yeah. wasn't. And, and the crazy part is one of my friends interned with her out there. She It was so bad, she quit. And I'm like, well, bitch, I live... I ain't from here. I ain't got no choice. I got it. What I'm going to do for the rest of the summer? I'm not finna quit. I came up here to do this. You know what I'm saying? And I actually, let me tell y'all some crazy so shit. So basically, it goes back to what I was saying real quick. What? The Chicago Eagle. You said one of your friends, right? Yeah. Was she from here? No. She was from, she she's went from, from Baltimore. And she, she, she couldn't she deal quit. with it. She, she couldn't, couldn't deal, deal with, with it. it. I ain't had, I, I mean, I had met so many people. Okay. I'm like, you stupid for quitting. Wake wow. up, wake up. You yarning this shit? No, this I ain't sleeping. No, 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 no. I ain't sleeping at all. I'm, I'm, I'm listening thinking. to your story. He's thinking. Okay. I got but, you. But Plus the Moscato is taking over too at the yeah. same time. But needless to say, you know, it was a great experience. But damn, y'all made me lose. I was about to tell y'all some crazy shit. You said you said the activations, the, the, yeah, but the Baltimore, I, she quit. She was coming up here to Chicago. Well, I met Kanye, I ran into Kanye out there. Okay. And um, he, he when he found out I was working at Vibe, he was like, "Man, can you get me in Vibe?" I'm like, "Uh, I'm an intern, bro." <laughs> I said, "But I'll try." Right. So what I did was, I, he gave me his two way. This one two ways was out, so that let y'all know how long ago this was. Time portals. Hand yep, claps. That's right. Motorola's doing the ones. So. Fucked up everybody's um, credit. <laughs> Kanye at, told me everything I needed to go tell the music, uh, the person I was pitching this to. Okay. So I had to wait for the right opportunity. Damn. Chill out. So you chill out. <laughs> so anyway, uh, he over here, y'all. He getting it in. But anyway, he a teacher, so I understand. Or a coach. He a barber. I'm a barber. A comedian. Comedian. Oh, shit. A, a lawn manicurist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And got more. My, I got my you, online. You a Jamaican? Business. No, I just I stay busy like you do. I I, I do the hustle. That's good. Because we in Chicago. If you if you're not laughing, you are gonna be crying. Yeah. <laughs> smoking a pipe. So needless <laughs> to say, um, Kanye really was trying to get in vibe at the time, and this is the year he did the blueprint. Just so everybody knows mm. what year we in, we know what that was. No, so that's two thousand one. Oh lord. No, see, it was. Since you you, you said the wrong word. Out. Huh? You what? said the wrong word. When the blueprint come out? 
2001. Oh, yeah, it was 2001. You right, But you bad. said the wrong word, Bree. What? You made a Jay-Z reference. I'm not. I didn't. I said. The, I think you talk about hip hop and not have a Jay Z reference. Well, let me finish my story before go y'all go on that tangent because I this, see this, it, it this, this, this the year he. So he needless did the to say, play. I'm working. I I ran into Kanye. Me and Kanye talked, and he was trying to get in vibe. Uh, so I told him I said, "Well, I try, but I'm an intern," and I told him just like that. So needless to say, one day my boss sends me uh to the office. To go get a CD for a, sp- a, a sponsorship presentation she was doing from the music editor. So I go down there, and her name is Shawnee Saxton. That's her name. Wow. And uh, yeah, I, don't, I didn't forget it. Okay. I don't even know why I forget it, but it was very, you know, New Yorkers was arrogant back then. Yeah. Y'all know. Because they had yeah, the hip hop, they had the, they you had know, the think DMX of, think about what time, in, yeah. So think about what time I'm talking about. In, yeah. So uh, it's, it takes guts yeah. to be an intern. To go talk to the music editor yeah. about a motherfucker from Chicago. Yeah. So I go down there and now I'm, you know. it's Twister. Right. <laughs> At the time. Crucial conflict. You know what I'm saying? And I remember who was on the cover. Outcast was on the five-year anniversary cover at the time. Okay. Right. So I asked her, I said, do you know who Kanye West is? She says, yes. I know who that is. I said, um, you know he just did. And Kanye told me everything to tell this lady. So I I run the script. I run it. Okay. She like, yeah, he's cool and all, but I don't think he's relevant enough. Wow. And I'm an intern now. I'm not like I could say something more. You're not, a, you're not an editor. You're not. I ain't got no position. No nothing. I said, well, I said I just want to let you know, like he the next up and coming person coming out of Chicago. Right. That's all I left and said. I was like, I ain't letting you get the last word, bitch. Yeah. I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna right. make sure I let him know. Right. And I called him, hit him on two way. He called me back, and I told him exactly what she said. Uh-huh. And that's where I think it takes more than a magazine to kill my vibe came from because the nigga straight was like, all right, all right. Like the nigga, like after that, it was an agenda. So you got an uncredited reference then? Oh yeah, I do. Bombs. I do, and I really believe it because. To this day, like like Kanye, every time I see Kanye, he shows me respect. Like I get respect from him. Like he ain't never he ain't never acted funny with me. Nothing. I'm talking about even since like I ain't never had no problems with Kanye being extra or Hollywood or none of that. Okay. Um, because like I remember him really trying to come up at that time, and you know when you look at where it is now, like. For her to say he's irrelevant, it's like, yeah. <laughs> right. bitch, she, you irrelevant. <laughs> and she probably somewhere looking for a rapper in New York with one of them, uh, them surfer, the, the thing they have out in the sand, looking for coins. <laughs> yeah. So she's walking around New York like, God damn, ain't anybody rapping? You know what I'm saying? Everybody so, rapping like designer? And she was the music editor. Yeah. Like, the that music says Shawnee Sexton? Shawnee Sexton. Shawnee Saxton. Music editor at that time. At that time, wow. at Vibe. Yeah. Well, and, well, Kanye fucked up a lot of people like that, though, because a lot of people passed on him. And uh, yeah. e- even Jay didn't believe in him. Yep. Even Dame didn't believe in him. Who believed in him was Big's little brother, Hip Hop, since 78. Yeah. Yep. That's who believed yep. in him. That's exactly Then he got Big to believe in him. And then one by one, they started mm-hmm. believing in him. And it took a lot, but it's just like, it lets you know, like, Sometimes people, they may not necessarily be part of, they might not be ready for the present, but they're ready for the future. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's how you got to really think about the music business and your life. You got to be ready for the future. You can't be ready for the present. 
Yeah. The present is right then and there. So whatever's going on and you ain't got it together, it's over. But yeah. the future, you got time to prepare for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's, that's some strong. The bombs are that. God damn. She just dropped a jewel. We need a jewel drop like a, like a real message. <laughs> you graduated in 2002 mm-hmm. from Columbia. Yeah. What's next? Um, I'll move back to New York. Okay. <laughs> Why? Because I want to work for Vibe and do shit. Like, right. I was like, fuck Chicago. Because I yeah. met so many people. I was like, why would I even come here, come back home? So you so, was looking at Chicago like like Chicago's looking at Gary and now like, it's slow than a motherfucker. Yeah, Y'all I Y'all listen to the same music, but this shit is boiling in a motherfucker. It was just like, it was too hard here. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I went to New York and stayed with my family and pretty much uh, found out that everybody wanted to be a journalist at the time. Right. Everybody wanted to be a photographer, this and that. The competition was too much in New York. So I left and I came back home. Okay. Right. And again, you're right, it is about being humble because most Chicago folks, they're going to stay out there and just struggle. So when they come home, they can stun on people. Not my black ass. I was like, I'm Say coming. that shit again. <laughs> Say it again. No, for real. I said, Most Chicago people. Will stay their ass in New York just so they can come home and stunt and yeah. be struggling like a mug yeah. in New York just to prove something to somebody here opposed to humbling themselves and just coming home like, man, I'm broke. Bombs! Exactly. You got six motherfucking roommates. You sleep yeah, with twin man. mattresses on the floor. You weigh 325 and yeah. you six seven. And you taking a bitch home from the club or that? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like you really like you, you living really doing in a it. fucking box. Yeah. And you ain't got no money. You finessing. You know, you probably getting put in certain positions that you never would be put in if you was at the crib. Yeah. I don't I don't do that. Like I ain't look, if I'm from I'm from the hood. If I done struggled already, I don't need to struggle no more shit. Especially in New York City. New York is and New York was a difficult place. Like it wasn't about the connections. It was about the cost of living. And just trying to really grind and get on. And the thing is, is like at that time, like again, New York was New York. Yeah. You know? So you gotta think. It wasn't that time where New York needed us. We needed New York. You didn't have the internet. True indeed. Right. You yeah. know, it was different. And y'all know that the internet changed a whole lot of things. Social so, media. But what happened when I got back here was when I finally moved back, I was in I was in I was in New York for about almost a year. Right. Not quite a year. But, oh, this is what I want to tell you. Before I left, to, when I finished my internship, yeah. y'all know what happened? I the, Remember 9-11? That was the same year 9-11 happened. Exactly. Oh, what? I left the day before 9-11. I left on September 10, and class. 2001. Ain't that crazy? The day that before the blueprint dropped. The day before the blueprint dropped. I left before 9-11. The That's what you're before. supposed to say. Won't he do it, man? Go ahead, say it. No, I, I, I got another chance to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so come on. He like I got plenty of time. Yeah, he say that shit all the time, but you know you don't want to say it now. But it's just crazy because literally I got home and I had told my mom and my dad I was like, yeah, I'm moving out. Like I came home, told my mom and my dad like I'm moving out. I'm gonna move in with my cousin. So I had just like, and so I had just got to his house like that day. Like I literally came home from New York and moved like that weekend. Yeah. And I'm sitting in my cousin's crib and I'm watching TV like, wow. And I see the buildings coming down. Damn. 
The twin and I'm like towels. And what's crazy, y'all, is I didn't know how I was gonna get home at that moment. Like we was trying to figure out my flight arrangements and everything, and I left September 10th. Wow. Wow. And you I wanna do it? Man. Bombs! It was it was it was really a, like that was definitely a, like some crazy blessing type thing. Yeah, all that missionary work played off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bombs! Hell yeah. About time to cash in shit. Yeah, yeah. Let's transition. Should you probably help Kanye's career? Let's transition from <laughs> journalist to PR. Uh so Why? I Oh shit! It was more. Why? Money. It was more money in PR. I'm gonna be honest. Okay. Uh, more media money. That's just the honest to God truth. When, uh, when explain, my, explain like, to the people what a PR person does. Yeah. A publicist is a person who gets their. They have people that hire them to get them interviews, and that's called press. My job is to reach out to the Sun Times. Uh, different media websites such as the hip hop DXs and the rap radars and a CBS podcast or any type or even a reasonable ignorance radio show and say, Hey, my client is newsworthy. You should interview them. My job is to get them interviews and to get them press and get them as much exposure as possible. Um, I went from being a journalist who wrote about the uh, artists and about music and media to actually pretty much coordinating the story and creating the story as a publicist. Um, the good part about what I do and who I am is because I was a journalist first, I know how a PR, I, I know how a journalist thinks. Right. So, and I was a journalist since I was in high school. Remember that. Right. So I know what they like. I know how they think. And, I just know how to pitch to them because I'm used to pitching anyway. So even when I was a, when you're a journalist, you still got to pitch. Right. So once you learn how to pitch, it don't matter what side of the fence you on. So reasonable ignorance through you would get pitched to the red eye, and we'll be on the cover of the red eye. Y'all could be soon, pitched right? to be nationally syndicated. You want to do it? Oh my mama! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fuck the red eye. Let the red eye come to you. Whoa! <laughs> that's how you that's how you get them you yeah. make people come to you you don't beg them for shit yeah sound like my mama with that one no eat you as a motherfucker for nothing when we go in their house <laughs> don't tell them you ain't eating the last three days they... <laughs> <laughs> you ain't had no food in the refrigerator <laughs> I know that's right you you ain't hungry you just ate yeah shit. reel off your clients right now my current ones no, 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 or no. just people it, it, your you whole oh, client shoot. roster from um from okay. past to present. Put my cup down for that one. So, I mean, well, I started Swank about eight years ago. Um, and I actually helped start this magazine called True Star Magazine. Yeah. And what all the high schools, right? Yep. I wrote the grants. I wrote the grants for that. Well, what people don't know, I was a grant writer before I went full-time into PR. And I taught a lot of after-school programs, and, and it was through uh, True Star and but I wrote their grants. They still using them grants right now to this day. Wow. And when I came on board it wasn't a magazine, it was a newsletter. And I was like, kids ain't gonna care about no damn newsletter. Yeah. We and gotta we, make something more attractive. The glossy magazine. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where my degree came in. So I showed them how to structure the magazine, showed them how to put everything together. I was the editorial director for like three years. Yeah. And um these Was you bitches, on there when uh y'all had D Rose and uh No, nah, I had just left. But let me yeah, tell you what left. these bitches did though. True and this star? is when I, yeah, the bitches that owned it. 
bitches. Go ahead. Let's them talk about bitches. these bitches. <laughs> Fuck this. What happened was they decided to go get incorporated and they didn't include me and the uh, creative director and we all kind of started all together. Wow. They went and did the shit without us. Now, mind you, I done wrote all the grants. They still use my grants. Chicago nigga shit. Damn. I created the whole infrastructure for the magazine. They wasn't doing the magazine before I came. It was my idea to do the magazine. Chicago nigga shit. And if you have to be from Chicago and been fucked so, over by Chicago nigga. But I realized out of it. everything I did for True Star, this is how I started Swank, so I'm going somewhere with this. Go ahead. Um, we got hired by Michael Malden. Y'all know who that is, right? Yep. Yeah. That's Jermaine Dupree's father. All right. We uh, got hired to do That's a custom Kanye magazine. That's used to cuss out. For the for the yeah. <laughs> we used to do a uh we did the custom magazine for the Scream Tour. So okay. me and Pam, Pam did uh she was the creative director for uh True Star at the time. Me and her pretty much did the whole magazine. They right. didn't do shit. We got the kids to write some of the articles. I wrote some of them, edited, whatever. Then we did another one. They were selling this magazine for five dollars at the Scream Tour on every day. So you add do the numbers. Right. Mm, mm, wow. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah, that's what So mean. we decided, so at the time we were talking about doing a customized publishing company, all four of us. Now these bitches had already went and incorporated True Star. So my thing was, I'm not about to keep giving y'all my fucking ideas. And, ideas and, yeah. and right. Y'all Why just didn't did you this sue? bullshit. Hold on, let me tell you. Because okay. karma is a bitch. That's it. And that's all. <gasps> she got three brothers, boy. I, I mean, they know what type of person I am. Like, I'm, I'm a very good-hearted person. But, like, you know, it just gets to a point where, you know, people people are just people, man. Everybody ain't the same. You know what right. I'm saying? Okay. I'm, I'm one of those, like, I put that effort in because I really was passionate about it. And I left it at that. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, like, they're, they, they gonna, whatever they supposed to happen is going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't do that because I didn't fuck with, I mean, because I was expecting something. I'm, I was passionate about it. So it was something great. And I felt like I'm smart enough anyway with bitch. I'm a, I can leave your ass and still do good. Okay. And then, yeah, you know, I'm that type of person. Like, you took, okay, you did that. That's cool. But guess what? You limited to kids. So you can't even do too much. Right. Because you got right. kids. Right. You you only, you're limited to teens and this and that. If I start my own company and I can do what the fuck I want, then I can do what the fuck I want. And eventually they had to come back and ask me for shit. That's how it worked. <laughs> so right. it ended up working out in my favor. But needless to say, um, Swank got started because we wanted to do a customized publishing company. Okay. So we all four of us started talking about it. But me and the creative director started kind of branching out on our own. And we got to talking and our thoughts and our juices got to flowing. And we started Swank and we left their ass. Okay. And, um, Congratulations on that. Yeah, and that's where Swank came from. Okay. Because um, I realized I was doing PR for a magazine. So if I was doing PR for a magazine, why couldn't I do it for myself? But the, let me tell you the defining moment. I, I remember I got laid off and I couldn't pay my rent. And they, everybody was in my house working on the magazine, though. Everybody sitting at the table. We, we added it and doing this and that. And... uh I was, my landlord wanted me to, like, come down there, and I was like, shit, I ain't got all my damn rent money. Okay. So, 
I get up and I was about to go down there taking what I had because I had too much, but I I had some, but I didn't have all my rent. Mm. So one of the girls who owned it, I ain't gonna leave her name nameless. Uh, she asked me in my house where the fuck I was going. Mm. Bitch. <laughs> First of all, why is you asking me where the fuck I'm going? Right. In my house. Right. I said, well, you know what? I'm going downstairs to tell my landlord I ain't got all my fucking rent money because you owe me some money. Do you want to come with me? Mm. Bitch, don't you ever ask me where the fuck I'm going in my house. And I'm working on your magazine in my shit. Mm. And that was the moment I knew I was out of there. Like, I'm like, I ain't got to deal with this shit. She couldn't say shit. Right. She well, couldn't say nothing well, to me. Well, y'all was selling for $5 a pop on the screen to us. Right. Bitch. Right. Exactly. Bombs. You know what I'm saying? So. Choppers. That's when I. Yeah. That's, yeah. Damn. Bangers. God damn. That's that. This is West Side right here. Yeah. And South Side. Yeah. That's the whole city of Chicago yeah. right now. <laughs> Tonight's episode is brought to you by Snap at You Photography. Snapatyouphotography.com. All artist profiles, weddings, proms, divorces. A successful abortion parties. Get your snaps, your photos done with Snap at You Photography. <laughs> Snap at you photography.com. Bombs! There's just so much going on. This lady that's in here today, she's uh, she has a book bag full of shit. She has two bottles around her, 72 cups. How you she lying? has a, a, a laptop. She has uh, Stephanie Mills' first purse from the motherfucking Wiz. It's <laughs> gold. God damn. She got a game of shit. She got hey. some doop-doop-doop boots from way across the street on the west side. Brianna, you lying. You lying. That's all I got to say is you lying. Yeah, she Look, the pitch. The pitch. The PR or the publicist pitch. What about it? What is it? What is a pitch or yes. what is my pitch? What is your pitch? What is a pitch? Let these people know. Um, A pitch is pretty much where you're pretty much sending in a formal email to an editor or some type of media outlet to convince them to cover... A story. You're giving them a little bit of the story to make them interested in covering the full story. Why does an artist need a publicist? Um, my job is to pretty much ex- give them exposure, like I said. But you only need a publicist, one, when you are at that point where people even care about what you do. You, people have to care. Okay. So a lot of people don't care. They don't care a a, about, a lot, about a lot of things. But... excuse me you have to care about what that person is doing and my job is to make you care but also a publicist is good for branding so my job is to make sure that people know who you are and that they know you they know that you are associated with something you just had a a successful event Mm -hmm. um thursday right thursday last week thursday and saturday yes i was about to get to that uh Thursday with your artists. Yes. The current the current roster of your artists. Yep. 
But you do have a roster of past artists of who you work with. Can you name them? Yes. Um, King Louis, current and past. Okay. Uh, G Herbo. Okay. Moses Def, Raekwon, Chris and Michelle. Um, I've done work with Roy Ayers. Grey Goose is a brand that I've worked with. Hennessy is a brand I've worked with. Um, GLC, obviously good music. Lupe Fiasco. Uh, the list goes on. I just, I can say the city of Chicago now. Right. As far as D-Case and Cultural Center and things like that. Um, I've just worked, I've done A3C. I've done South by Southwest. Like, I'm a publicist, but I always get these crazy opportunities to do all these cool things. Like, I'll, I'll be able to have my stage, a stage at a festival. <clears throat> so my so a lot of times like what I've learned is I'm a publicist but now I know how to do production so I've done Oreo Fest. Okay. Which is a new festival that we're doing in Chicago. What is Oreo Fest? Oreo Fest is a festival that is presented by DJ Oreo who is Chance the Rapper and Vic Mensa's DJ. Wow. Okay. Hand claps. Okay. Yeah, that, that's special because I, I was thinking uh, the yeah, west side and the, and, and, the, and the south side collaborate, put all the hunkies from the north side. No, bro, <laughs> nah. it's a, it's a, it's really actually one of the Magic dopest. Magic thirty two, right there. Oh God, Thank you. it's really a very dope idea that DJ Oreo came up with. And the first venue we did, we uh, sold it out, and it was a four hundred and fifty capacity, but really six hundred. We sold it out. The next venue we went to was uh, Talia Hall. That was 1200 Packed that out. The next part we did was Portage Theater. We made it at 2000 max, and the capacity was 2400 Um, So we've only done this last year. Um, And this is something that me and him do. This is a production, and I learned a lot just from working at the Shrine and just doing all these different events I did. So, like, my new venture is, is kind of along that, those lines. So I know how to do production now. I know how to. I know about, you know, artist contracts, how to book artists, how to do a show, how to manage a show, how to get the artists coming to the show and keep the show going. And Oreo Fest is special because it's a live DJ set, but it's like literally bringing the acts out that you're actually DJing. Wow, that's that that that's. So it's a nonstop. Yeah, party. That, that sound like some dope shit. Like you got to be ready because y'all going on right after this verse. So he yep. had to playing the song right in. Yep, and exactly. Walks, and then, when they hear the horns from uh, they reminisce over you. Here comes CL Smooth and Pete Rock. Yeah, that's there you dope go. As hell. That's that's yeah, dope as hell. exactly. And so we've had King Louie, Metro Boomin, Lil Durk, Katie, Herb, and these are all people that I've just booked for this uh festival, and it's gotten covered in revolt. Noisy, so it's got national coverage. Right, that's um, good. How big are relationships with you in in this PR game? They're the most important part of what I do. A lot of times, people are pissed off at you because you have relationships to make things work, opposed to paying them off. Like I don't, I'm I'm not the richest person in the world at all. It, shit in this room probably. Right, <laughs> but um, Where are you over me? But I know a Where lot of people. Me? I know a lot of people. <laughs> And that a lot of times I get a lot done because I have resources. That's part of the reason I get a lot done. And I get a lot of things done for free. So all those artists, I never had to pay for. Wow. Bombs. Yeah. And it takes a lot. Like, that's some serious value when you you bring that type of stuff to the table. So being a 
double minority, mm-hmm. African American, female. How hard is it in your line of work? What you do? Um, it's difficult because I can't get business loans. Wow. A lot of times. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. Like I'm. I don't. People don't educate you. Like they'll help you. They'll give you these resources, but won't tell you what to do with them. So, like, I found out recently in the last year that I need a uh, Dun & Brad number. But how the hell I've been in business for eight years and didn't know that I needed a Dun & Brad number? Which is a... A credit, it's like your business social security number to get business credit. Oh. Right. And I literally, like, I've been running my business off of my clients that pay me for the last eight years. So is Mentors? No mentor told you at all? No, no mentor. And no I ain't really got mentor? no mentor. I ain't got no PR mentor because I wasn't supposed to be going into PR. Okay. I was supposed to be a journalist. So it's I something switched. that you just overlooked and you never asked about because you knew, didn't know no, nothing no, about it? No, I always ask. Even when I was at a bank, like when I opened my business account, all these different things, they never told me. The bank me. never told you about Dun & Brad at all? ever, ever. Did they, I, tell you, did they tell you about putting your company in Delaware? No. Wow. None of that. That's something you need to know, Mike. Put the and the crazy over. thing is, you know, what made me even switch into PR, and I know we had talked about it before, is my check from the source bounce. And I said, this can't be life. Motherfucking Bazino. Yeah, this is when Nate owned it. No neck bitch. Definitely <laughs> <laughs> a no neck bitch. <laughs> he went to Harvard and everything. No, yeah. not him. It was no. Dave, Dave Mays. Went Dave to Mays went to Harvard. And I used to, I actually wrote for their other magazine they started after the source. The Weekly? Hip Hop Weekly? No, bro. It was one in between that. Which one was that? I don't even fucking remember the name of it. It was only like three issues. Um, But it was around the time. I can't think of it. It was, I still got my press clips from that shit. But let, let's, talk, let's talk about the artists that you've worked with. Okay. I want to get into the, um, the difficult start, the difficult parts of it. Oh, shit. You've had artists. You've named off artists. Yeah. What without naming names or whatever? Of course not. I name they ass because they know some of this shit true. Um, (laughs) I ain't gonna tell no bullshit, but the story is. What has some of the stories that you've come? I mean, what are some of the things that you've come across as far as from a difficult standpoint in dealing with an artist? Wait a minute. Before you go any further, Chris said, "Michelle, what was the biggest song?" Oh Jesus. What was, no, what was she that song? She has a few songs. Was, so. Wasn't it like a male bashing song or something? Uh, Why did you get here or some shit? How did you get here? Uh, no, that's Deborah Cox. Bro. Okay, all right, I just want to. Deborah Cox? I don't I know, you, man. I don't know. Chrisette Michelle got that voice, Chris though. Chrisette Michelle sung on yeah, Jay-Z a, hook, a, few, a Jay-Z song off the Black Album, I think. Right. And then she also did the uh, Hip Hop Is Dead, I think. Uh, not Hip Hop Is Dead, but she did a song with Nas. Uh, that was pretty... Pretty legendary as well. She did a song that with Nas that was pretty legendary. Now you got me thinking. I can't remember, but um, she has a few songs specifically. I, 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 I'm just, I was just trying to remember. Yeah, well, <laughs> right now I can't remember. I mean, she got a few ones. She got Epitome. She got um, um. With Nas, yeah, can't yeah. forget uh-huh. about you. Yeah, that one. You know, something I would have never it's listened a lot. to in my life. But yeah, 
But you, if you listen to Nas or Jay Z, you probably have heard it. She's on the hook. But needless to say, dealing with these artists, um, a lot of these artists, Chicago specifically, is some of the most ungrateful artists to work with. They don't. Um, it's a lot of different things that they don't do. They expect you to need to wait on them hand and foot, or just kind of give them all these amenities that, like, they want you to bust your butt for them, and they don't want to pay you what you're worth. And right. a lot of them don't know what the PR. They don't understand. Like when I first started doing, I was pretty much one of the first people in Chicago to do Chicago hip hop right. PR. They right. didn't even know what PR publicity was when I started doing. Because you were talking about Puerto Rico or something. Yeah, they didn't exactly. <laughs> they didn't know. And so it's one of them things where when you start talking about PR and things like that, oh, well, I got a five hundred dollar budget, nigga. Mm. What you? So you want me to? Get you all this coverage and you gonna give me five hundred dollars and then gonna tell me I ain't doing my I ain't doing good I ain't good enough. So or they used I ain't to doing POs, this, I ain't doing that. Probation just, officers. Yeah. Instead but of it's just uh, the Chicago attitude. Like it 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 goes beyond like just people being appreciative of you helping them because half the time you ain't gotta do shit for a motherfucker. And Nothing. that's what it get down to. You know, a lot of these artists they just ungrateful, like Chicago. I but then I have celebrities that are coming here, and I hook their ass up and lace them and do the same shit, and I'll be they'll be like, "Wow, thank you." Celebrities that have a career that have budgets, and so it you know it becomes frustrating a lot of times because we're in a city where nobody's never satisfied. We're just that's how we live. But it also and, goes back to what you said about Columbia College, where it was people. In this field, in in the field, they was doing ciphers mm-hmm. outside the school. They was DJing, and, and you know that was taking place in New York, and that was taking place in mm-hmm. Atlanta, and that was taking place in different places. But here, we always had that 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 negative gangster fuck you over. You ain't he, shit. Yeah, I, but I, that's because Chicago got me. low self esteem. We have low self esteem. We don't think we good enough and then when you leave and somebody tell us we're awesome, we be like, I am? Yeah. We don't see, let me tell you something. New York oversells, we undersell. Yeah. We'll we'll take, if a motherfucker can be offering us $1,200 to do a show and we're in the first number they drop, they can have a $1,200 budget to pay an artist. Our artists will fucking go off of five hundred dollars, and then they gonna keep that seven. Yeah. Cause they so thirsty. Yeah, well, when you we don't know our worth. When you when you haven't had nothing, and you just used yeah, to but eat it them ain't just cheese that. fries from down the street. But it ain't about that. We don't know the industry. Yeah. That's the problem. And nobody's really teaching it to us. Nobody. Exact. That's exactly where I was going. They not teaching it to us. Any. For example. Did you hear about what happened to Zaya Banks? Yeah. Has it ever happened with one of the artists that you dealt with? What, as far as them being banned in the country? Or? No, not banned in the country, but just you know, the uh, the the uh, either the communication faux pas or the the online typing faux pas problem. No, I mean the closest I've can I've dealt with that is with a person like a Katie. Okay. When remember when Katie uh the pictures surfaced about her, her laying in the bed with a dude. Remember yeah, that? I remember that. This them motherfucker. Let me tell you what she did. I don't know if y'all remember. She got on her Instagram talking about, I'm sorry y'all apologize to my fans. Bitch, don't apologize. You ain't supposed to say shit. Mm. So what happened with Banks? 
Who? Azalea, Azalea Banks. Banks. You said that like she was a rapper. Oh, Azalea Banks, she said something about she said something inflammatory towards yeah. uh Zayn Malik. Yep. The uh the, the kid the from, girl from Disney. One di- one direction. Yeah. Okay. What he she said something racial and then she said something bad about she said something about bad about the UK yep. hip hop scene mm-hmm. and they t- they snatched her off a, a a festival or whatever. But you're saying something to the fact that with Katie, finish what you were saying about Katie. No, I, what I was saying was is that like you you said don't say nothing. Artists say they open their mouth too much, and see if they keep their mouth shut, they'll get further. Like when the shit happened with Beyonce, Solange, and Jay Z, you ain't hear shit, did you? No, no word. Nothing happened as far as they was concerned. <laughs> there was no reason to comment. And see, the problem is these artists. Like, now you have these social media. Remember when you didn't have the social media outlets? Right. Shit. When Michael Jackson got his hit, when he got burned up and all that shit, didn't nobody know what was happening in between? Yeah, it was just the the People Magazine and Quire and shit like that. But these artists have these outlets, so they get on on online and they start talking shit and they talking out the side of their ass and don't know what's going on. Trying to defend themselves. Yeah. So what'd you do do in that situation then when she started getting on Instagram? I text her ass and said, what are you doing? Take that shit down. First of all, you don't admit to shit. That was the dumbest shit ever. You don't admit to any of that. Katie got bands. Hell yeah. But that's just something. You don't say nothing. Period. You don't say anything. You don't say anything. You do not say anything. Okay, for example, like like what happened with Beyonce. Yeah. With the Becky with the good hair. Yeah. Azalea, Azalea, Iggy Azalea said something to the fact that she's talking she's being racist. Beyonce has not said shit whatsoever, Mike. No. She learned that from from who? But Jay. you you don't respond to to the shit because at the end of the day, like artists are artists. They are going they're they're they their job is to put their energy and their problems and everything into their artistry. And you let other people figure that shit out. So that when when Louis got when Louis got popped. Yeah. He Take, didn't say shit. No. He just Did put you a hear anything? With, they put Take a picture up with him and uh, Farrakhan. Yeah. <laughs> you coordinate but we that? Got, we, well, the thing is, no, I ain't coordinate the picture, but I got hella phone calls. And my thing was, Lord, just make sure he's fine. Like, I didn't care about the press. And what we did was we didn't say anything. He just did an interview with CNN after that. He did a few interviews, and that was it. He was very coy on that interview, too. Yeah. Like, it's one of them things where, like, there's certain ways you handle certain things. Did you media Did you media train and coach him on that? A, half of it, yes. Some of it, no. Because at that point, he's already, he was mature enough to, like, he's done enough interviews. He's a very smart guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's very smart. He's very articulate, so he he understands. But me and him had a conversation about capitalizing on the shit. Okay, you get what I'm saying? Like there was a a thing that we had we had to do that. Like, but we knew that we had to. Like at that point, it didn't matter who shot him. To it didn't matter to him because whatever he was doing, like you didn't find out about the shit. Right. Don't nobody know what the fuck he was doing. Right. You know what I'm saying? You just know to stay his ass from over there now. <laughs> Bombs. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's just certain shit. Like, you gonna learn different ways, and he learned. Yeah. Leave so that, basically, leave that lady, that man, lady alone. Hey, don't talk about my client. Oh fuck! No, -uh, don't do that. Mm -mm. You gonna get cussed out up in here talking about King Louis? Well, I'm about the best out of the best. Drinking yeah. that. You know, King, fucking. kings lose titles. Yeah, they do. Yeah. We, now I ain't, that ain't got nothing to do with what the fuck you calling them. <laughs> Um, <laughs> roll your eyes and stop your feet. Hey. Look, this black nigga, you show can't beat. Look, <laughs> so in a roundabout way, your your you you your job is has expanded more so than just the pitch. Oh yeah, some more so than just um the relationship with the write up and everything. Mm -hmm. You have to media train. You have to. Uh, my phone rings all the time. I have to manage sometimes. Um, I'm a better manager than real than man, any manager here in Chicago, other than people that actually decided to actually do it for a living. Like people that really manage, I I could be a manager, but I don't want to be. Okay, you know what I'm saying. But I can do a better job than a lot of people that are managing in Chicago that call themselves managers, and ain't nobody gonna tell me I can't because they know I could. Okay. All these managers couldn't manage a McDonald's. Exactly. Or a Foot Locker. But it's it's just one of them things where like me and him has that we have a relationship where we have we can have one conversation and he know what it is. Me and Louie. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with the boy Illinois. Like we just we can have those conversations and then that be it. And that's that's what it is. Like I've been working with these guys for years. You know, I can have a conversation like that with her. Like I don't look at them as celebrities because I've been working with them for years. Okay. Like, I'm, I mean, it's times I got to check them. Simple okay. as that. Okay. Like, and that is not a manager role. Like, a lot of times I spend times being a big sister to a lot of these artists. Educating them on things, letting them know certain shit that their manager doesn't even but know. But you're checking them. Does, it inv does that also um, conflict with because they're paying you? No, I don't get paid to kiss your ass. Okay. <laughs> we get paid to keep this brand rolling you, and make the brand I get paid bigger. to make sure you're doing the right thing. Okay. That's it. And and in the end, I usually get thanked anyway because they know I'm not bullshitting them. Why haven't you moved out of Chicago? Um, I just actually like the city. <laughs> um, I. I was gonna. I've I've had at least two attempts to move, and I didn't move because I one was L.A. and I was like, man, L.A. boring as fuck. I need some shit to do. I cannot be in L.A. Why is L.A. boring as fuck? After two weeks, you you gonna figure out everything. It ain't the city. People don't realize L.A.'s a big ass suburb. It ain't is. nothing it is. to it do. You, after you hit fucking uh, Fairfax. You go to a couple fucking parties in the in the hills, and you hit the clubs. It's only like a fucking, it's a handful of clubs. You got, what's that, Oak? You got, you know, all these other fucking clubs. And then it's maybe like, what, six more clubs that are more, pop, like, that are really popular. And then you got fucking Soho House. I've been to Soho House so many fucking times because I'm a member. You hit Malibu. You hit, you know, you hit Hollywood. What else is there to hit? 
Okay. You get to the Red Bull studio. Let me tell you how slow LA is. How slow? I went to LA and like over a year's time I went I took multiple trips. I went to an event at the Red Bull studio and it was cool, whatever. The next time they had an event, I was there. And that was like two months later. And dude was like, oh, nice to see you. And I'm looking like, nigga, y'all ain't did nothing since I left. Mm. And that particular event, everybody I had ran into L.A. in a year, I was was all in that room. I said, well, shit, what the fuck? I need to move if I know everybody right here already. Which is nothing but just a flight out, come stay a couple of days. Bam. And that's it. Okay. That was it. It was very a very small circle, and that was it. I met everybody who I needed to meet, and I I dipped, and I felt like the cost of living is not worth the headache. I'm not into finessing people to survive. What is your <laughs> when a client comes in and salute to you for that pop, hand claps? I just rather fucking live live off the land that I'm from. Shit. When a client comes in and talks to you, they're fresh out. They uh, do you out of jail? No, I'm just saying fresh. No, fresh, <laughs> fresh off the block, or they they starting to bubble. Like, they knew. So like, say okay. say like you got a new client, tie money. Oh yeah. Or you got the other. You might not have this client yet, but like you, you I'm hearing about a lot of like Lud Fo. Lud Fo. Lud Fo. Oh, I heard about Lud Fo. Okay, Lud Fo. Lud Fo, Mike. <laughs> Yeah. Is that the dude that's wearing all the red? Got the kids wearing the red? I don't fucking know. I don't know. He got He's for the West Side. Yeah, he wear the red shit. He got the red bandanas and he keep the red on. Uh, So he looks like a curb? A blood. blood. I'm yeah. sorry. Right. Yeah. So the thing yeah. about it is, do you get with the manager and, and you all come up with a plan? Most of the time, somebody recommends me and I'll sit down and talk to whoever is in charge of, excuse me, the budget or, you know, I I get to pretty much talk to whoever's in charge of the person's career at the moment. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's dumbasses, and most of them are haven't really don't have a real career in the business. It's their cousin or you know somebody who's there to just kind of protect them, which I understand, but they don't know the business at all. And my job is to pretty much come in and teach them the business, help them understand the business, but also guide them their careers in a certain way that's going to catapult them to the next level to make more money to get more note more notoriety and also just become you know just more seasoned in the music business and and really like i really thrive on educating anybody that comes in my door because they these they're kids they don't know anything about how to uh and especially they don't know kids this too. don't leave that out <laughs> yeah, but but the thing is, <laughs> don't, don't make me laugh. Got fourth grade. Really no, they, a lot they, of they, they, not they, all of them. Magic Mike thirty two on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> you know these kids don't be. You, know, you, can, you can tell her in their fucking know what? rhymes and what they. But they, that's all part of man. We ain't gonna even get into that. Yeah. That's CPS. Yeah, I, I, I know it's the school, but it's the mama too. The mama, ah, definitely. We had them but start getting also, that fucking Also, like when people shot. start telling you your kid is ADD and they just start fi- filling them up with medication, and yeah, all you know that all plays a part. If like, that was the case, all the boys, are the, look, no white woman can get no little black child who has no gas at home, no lights at home, yeah, can hold his attention. Cause he's really trying to I be the to next teach LeBron, though, so the I next know. Chief Keith. Now you know what I'm saying. I mean, like they don't give Listen, a fuck about none of that now. Let me tell you something. 
I, I was working with these kids when I was King Louis publicist. I be I like at some point you gonna cuss at these kids. Yeah. Let's just let's just be real. Okay. Black Nobody kids. Fuck about no no. You gotta George tell Washington their ass Apple. sit your ass down. Yeah, that's right. Why you cuss at me? Cause you would have fucking cussed at me, little, little motherfucker. Yeah. That's and they be like, oh my god, but they respect you. Yeah, they respect you more. I, I heard the, I, I hear the boys <laughs> cussing all the time, and so I cuss when when you cuss at one of them. Then they want to get back to being a child. Yep. So yep. I say, not, yep. no, no, you was just, you just told him, bitch, throw me the ball. That's not his name. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. At yeah. Magic Mike 32. <laughs> yeah, like, I, my, like the last school I taught at was Marshall, okay? Yeah. Wow. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm from the West Side. Like, I'm. You taught I've at Marshall? What did you teach? I, I taught journalism. I did an after school program. I did an after-school program for almost two years. Did any of the kids uh, proceed on to go on to journalism after? You afterwards? know what? I got one or two that actually did go to school and, like, still stay in contact with me. Like, I have a lot Hand of... claps. Yeah, like, I Hand taught... claps. I taught for some years. Like, I taught at Michelle Clark. Yeah. I taught at uh, Austin. I taught yeah. at Marshall. Like, I'm one of them kids, so I understand how it goes, and that's why... You know, like, yeah, I've done all these wonderful things, but, like, at the end of the day, like, they need somebody like me to be inspired. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The thrill. What thrill? Besides besides, getting, besides being paid, there has to be some kind of egotistical thrill that you, you that you get from being... You, why do you think I have an ego? Like... Okay, take out the word egotistical. I'm sorry. What, what, what makes you what be thrill? like... What thrill? This is me? great. Like, like yeah. when, you, when you pick I, up that two thousand room. Honestly, the first time I seen my actual writing published, that was my first thrill. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. seeing your bot, your name next to an article yeah. in the source. By so and so, and then you got to exactly. read it to all your friends. Well, it wasn't on the just block. a. It was just an accomplishment because it was a real public. Like in my world, when I grew up, like. Our job, like when you like, it, there, it's a it's a privilege to have a byline. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like that's what I was taught in college. So, being an established journalist, but also outside of that, now that I'm a publicist, seeing my clients do great interviews is is also the same thing as being published. Or if they got an article, like I remember seeing King Louis and the Fader. Like that, those are the things that satisfy me because that's my results that's my byproduct but also seeing them go further and do you know like i love what i do like i get mad when they don't let me know what's going on like i tell people like it's not about money for me it's about the love and the passion like just seeing like people people it's hard to be on people's side like like in this world and all the stuff that's going on like like especially our black men like and i'm just gonna be honest like it's so many struggles that everybody's going through. Like, if I, whatever I can do to help make that situation better, push you in that direction, that's part of what I, that that's my joy. Like, that's my, I get inspired from seeing other people inspired and motivated. And that's just what it gets down to. Like, and the thing is, you know, and I'm going to end with this. It's about, like, like, you putting that great energy into those people. And that it comes back in some way, shape, or form because at some point you never know when you may need them. That's real. That's real. Hand claps for that. Give 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 us your social media handles. Um, 
My personal Twitter is at Brianna J. It's spelled B-R-I-A-H-N-A-J. And my company is at Swank PR. S-W-A-N-K-P-R. That's Instagram. Uh, Facebook is Swank Public Relations. Uh, Twitter is Swank PR. And uh, my name, again, Brianna J. And then my Instagram is B-R-I-A-H-N-A-3-1. That's it. And then swankpublishing.com. Hey, we didn't have Britt in the house tonight because she was out on some personal business with her sister. Happy uh, birthday, birthday to Bria Diamond. Yeah. So we had another bee in the house. Happy birthday. We hope y'all enjoyed the show. Mama, every day you're away from us is another day you're going to be good to see us again. And this is my last and final marketeer that we're going to live by. With the reasonable ignorance. If it is to be, it's to be up to me. That's hey. it. Reasonable Ignorance Podcast, episode 47. The Brianna J episode. <laughs> yeah. On iTunes and on SoundCloud. Subscribe, comment, rate now. Bombs! You're.